Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Paul, welcome back. Nice haircut. Super motivated. <laughs> Dude, I was due, man. I, you are a high speed, low drag. You know, the hair, I don't have you know straight hair or thin hair. It's thick and it starts to frizz, you know? But hair, guess how much a haircut is around here? Well, did you go on base? Get one no. on. Okay, then. On base, about know. 14 or 15 bucks here. Around here, they're 30 bucks. That's what I pay for a haircut. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, you go get styled, though. This was 27 Well, it's $3 more, and mine actually, you know, looks, looks you know, yeah, yeah. good enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it looks, I, looks, looks I found really this, nice. I found this dude uh, locally who... Um, I really like just, you know, he had an American flag in his window and it was all during all this craziness the last couple of years and, uh, went in and talked to him and, you know, he was a real good dude. So I said, Hey, I'll be, uh, I'll come back. Got a haircut. It was a good one. So I just keep going back. I only get yep. a haircut like once a month, once every five or six weeks. Yeah. I've been trying to go a month, but it just, I tell you, man, it just looks, look like a dirt bag military officer by the, by yeah. The an officer never needs a haircut. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's let's get to it. So we decided, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of questions come in on YouTube. Uh, I guess plenty of people watch the YouTube videos as opposed to listen to podcasts. Um, they must like what they see. So <laughs> must be the hair. <laughs> must be the hair. <laughs> so we uh, we just accumulated all the questions from YouTube. And we'll let you, you know, the YouTube listeners know that, hey, listen to this episode to get your questions answered. So a little time saver for us. Uh, but we'll just knock these out, man. Um, we'll cover the whole gamut, uh, several different things. So I think there'll be something in here for everybody. So listen up. Uh, I'm sure you'll learn something that you didn't know before as we go. So why don't I ask you the first one, Paul? Actually, why don't I take the first one from yeah. Ad Adonis Mojica? That's, I don't know if that's a real name or a made-up name, but uh, Adonis, I like your style. Uh, are the dividends paid towards cash value or towards policy loan, or do they act like a dividend stock? So that's a good question. Basically, it sounds like, Adonis, what you're trying to ask is, um, how can I receive the dividends? What are the different ways I can receive dividends? So with most companies that pay dividends, you can receive them in several different ways. One, you can, you can take them just like a stock dividend, like as a check. They can cut you a check and mail it out to you every year. Uh, they can, um, you can leave it with the company and they'll use those dividends to maybe pay off your loan interest every year, uh, but they'll just put that, that money aside and it'll accumulate interest uh, over the time. Um, you can uh, apply it towards the payment of premium. So premium offset is another thing, which is something a lot of people like to do later on when your, your policy is generating so much in dividends that it covers and more than covers what your premium is every year. So instead of paying out of pocket, some people choose to just redirect those dividends every year to cover their premium for the next year, um, which is super easy to do because dividends are paid out like every policy anniversary year. 
Mm-hmm. So they're ready to do something with those dividends. You just say, hey, my policy anniversary is up. Uh, I want you to take those dividends and pay the pay my premium for me. Um, and then finally, which is the way we promote dividends to be used and which is done automatically when we design these policies is to use them to purchase more paid up additions, which is just paid up life insurance. Those dividends are taken. Uh, you receive those tax free because the IRS classifies them as a return of premium. Just saying, hey, you overpaid. Here's your money back. Um, obviously, it's a lot more than what the IRS deems it. Way more than that. Um, but it's awesome that they deem it as a return of premium because then it's all tax free, uh, no matter how much it is. So they take that. We take that tax free income essentially and use that to purchase more death benefit, which also goes towards our cash value, which in turn the next year creates a bigger dividend, uh, assuming the same dividend rate would be paid out the next year or higher. So yeah, those are those are the, the, the general ways you can utilize that dividend. Dave, which one would Nelson generally recommend for IBC? Uh, using it for paid up additions. Yeah. 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 You'll, you'll get, you really get the most bang for your buck doing that. So your cash value grows, your death benefit grows, which makes you, you know, your whole your whole pile of accumulated capital even larger, which means next year your dividend's gonna be paid off of that entire giant lump of capital. And yep. once the dividend's declared, it can never be taken away. That's right. You can't lose value. You can't lose the amount. Uh, I suppose you could lose value in anything with inflation the way it is and, and all that, but so thank you for that question, Adonis. And I think um, Adonis asked a second one. You wanna take he that? Did. Sure. This is a multi, kind of a multi-part question. Um, and I think I addressed it on YouTube already, but you know, for the audience. So the, the first part of the question is, does the policy loan increase automatically as I pay my premiums? I think what he means is, does my loanable cash value amount increase as, you pay, as he pays premiums? The answer is yes. Regardless of how you pay monthly, quarterly, biannually, annually, um, your cash value is going to increase contractually every year. And then if there's a dividend declared at the end of your policy year, that's also, if used to pay, um, to buy purchase paid up additions, will also add value to the policy, both on the cash value side and the death benefits, right? Right. So right. the cash value is the net present value of the death benefit, right? A lot of people don't, don't realize that. Yep. That's, that's what it is. Okay, second part of the question is, I, I'm not sure I understand, it. or the second part is, or every time would I have to reapply for a new policy loan? Okay, check this out. Let's say you have, we'll just use some round numbers here. Let's say you have you know, $100,000 of life insurance cash value in a policy or a series of policies, and you take a policy loan out against policy number one for $25,000, and you still have another $25,000 in that, in that policy to, available to loan to yourself. Uh, or to borrow, excuse me, borrow from the life insurance company. You would just do another loan to get whatever extra amount of money you wanted. So let's say you had another $10,000 opportunity come up or an expense, like like me, my air conditioner. I'm sitting in here in Northern Virginia with no air conditioning at the moment because my AC broke. It's a good thing week. it wasn't last week, man. Oh was my a hot gosh, one. the timing was everything. So, yeah. you know, $20 part, they're going to charge $500 to repair it. I was like, I could do that myself, but I opted to just buy a whole new system because it's the system was old. Hey, this is like a promotion um, for trade schools, actually. I mean, think how much, I tell you, much man, tradesmen are making these days. 
They are busy. They are busy. I was surprised to get a same day appointment because this is the busy time of the year. It's the summertime, right? Every, every, yeah. Everyone's stuff is breaking and they're, you know, patching it up. But anyway, so so to answer your question, you can take out up to your loanable amount of cash value out of your policy or series of policies. So if it's if that's over five different policy loans or just one policy loan, that's how you would do that. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like I've. You know, personally, and I'm sure you have, Dave. I've I've done a, a you know a policy loan, and then maybe four months later, I, I had another need that I needed to fill, and I just did another policy loan. Right. right? It's it's kind of like you could compare it. Say um, your dad had said, "Hey, I've got a hundred thousand dollars here in a bank account. You can have access to that whenever you want, but you know you can take it out and put it back in whenever you want." Uh, 100 grand like it, it works the same it's somebody else's money that you're borrowing and you can take it out and you can put it back in whenever you want yep doesn't matter how many loans you take you just can't go over the amount that's available yeah is dad charging me interest <laughs> a good dad would if he's yeah. doing family banking he would be 10 <laughs> yeah. percent, buddy absolutely um okay and then the last part of the question, or maybe it's... I think you maybe, I think you basically covered it. It was just... Did I cover it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Okay, I did cover that. Okay, and then... Um, and basically, his last part is, how does this line of credit work? I, I think we kind of just ex- explained it. So, if I've got outstanding loans against my cash value, really, it's against the death benefit, but, you know, against my loanable value, let's yep. say, and there's no repayment schedule. There's no, like, amortized repayment schedule, but you should, you know, not endeavor to steal the peas right out of your grocery store right so you want to go out the front of the store so yes we want to repay our loans because as we repay loans like a line of credit you know i make a five thousand dollar loan repayment a couple weeks later i could take that five thousand dollars right back out as we need so we we have to and nelson said this in becoming your own banker right he said the reason i illustrated these examples the way i did is because i wanted to avoid using the word loans he's like i would recommend people do whether it's equipment financing or whatever, policy loans not use, you know, either, well, in that case they did, but not use dividends to, to pay for stuff, whether it was premium offset or whether it was, you know, paying for the, you know, paying for the policy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's how that works. It's just a, re- if you can picture a revolving door of money, that's how policy loans work. You put money in and then a couple of weeks later you take it right back out. Yep. There you go. Cool. Um, well, so let's move to the next one. And while I'm reading this, why don't you pull up her response to her own question? Ooh, um, yeah. So Tammy, the laser girl, commented on one of our videos. Uh, maybe you can mention what video that is on YouTube. What episode? Was it the one on debt? Yep, it was um, the, the video was using IBC to eliminate debt. Yeah. So Tammy, the laser girl says, very interesting People concept. Okay. The idea of high premiums for the rest of my life is kind of scary should stuff hit the fan. If I don't have a lot of monthly cash flow right now to start with high policy premiums, is it possible to start with lower premiums and then add another policy down the road or increase the value of the policy? I'm 53 and my husband is 58, both in very good health. And then how long was it? A few days later. Three days uh, later. Three days later, Tammy responded to her own comment before we got in there to respond to her. And why don't you read what her response to herself was? Yep. So three days later, Tammy, the laser gal, wrote, just got to page 44 of Becoming Your Own Banker, delivered today. So she immediately, she ordered it from Amazon or something and then started reading it. 
and my mind has already been blown at least six times, exclamation point. My comment above referenced the idea of high premiums now feels so ignorant. Done right with PUAs, paid up additions, I would have access to a large chunk of that almost immediately. All of a sudden, $10,000 in premium a year, let me expand, um, doesn't hurt near as much. Outstanding. So Tammy took the initiative, got the book like we recommend every single episode, read it and answered her own question. And now, like she said, her mind's been blown several times. I'm sure she has just more questions piling up because that's what this does. It gets your mind working. Um, so well done, Tammy. Uh, get a hold of us because you sound like the ideal type of person we would love to work with. Um, you're just taking initiative and learning this on your own and then bringing in valuable questions. And uh, so it's very obvious that she wants to be educated. And that's the kind of person yep. we love working with is somebody who, who doesn't want to be spoon fed. They want to understand and they're willing to do the work. So yep. real excellent cool. question, too. Yeah. So I guess we didn't answer her question, though. So if you don't have a lot of monthly. So say this. It sounds like she answered her own, but she's asking if you don't have much right now. You know, we encourage people to make to pay a lot of premium because a lot of premium is the solution to your problems. Yep. Um, but if you don't have a lot right now, which is completely relative, right? Like you, you got somebody who just did seventy five thousand a year, and yep. I got somebody who just did fifteen thousand a year, right? So it could be high to each of them depending on where they are in life. That's right. So you start where you're at. That's what we always That's say. It. Start where you're at. Um, if you can do whatever you can do right now, start there. And then when your means increase uh, a couple years from now or maybe next year, then, yeah, you just start another policy. You can you can get multiple policies. Um, and then, can yeah, you can start now. So the thing is, you can't necessarily increase as you go. So when we design these policies, we're going to design it really with a floor and a ceiling. And you can pay anything in between there, but the ceiling's a ceiling. And that you may be able to adjust that a little bit based on additional room for PUA that they calculate every year, you know, based on how the, the policy's going up to the MEC limit, the modified endowment contract limit. But it's not like you're gonna be able to say, okay, now I'm making, you know, 10 times as much as I was last year. I wanna put 10 times as much into it. Now you, you just start another policy. Yep, exactly right. All right, why don't you take the next one? Okay, Larry H. Uh, he wrote, first off, I want to thank you both for your service. I would like to see more deep dives into how the Canadian family, which we, which we referenced at the think tank, has mm -hmm. the entire family involved in IBC. Also, as a real estate investor, I'd like to see a deep dive into IBC and real estate investing. I had not ever thought of keeping escrows in an IBC account. Thanks for doing vi these videos. Okay. So the family banking thing would take probably an entire episode, and it is on our list to cover, Larry, so we will get to it for sure because um, it's something that Dave and I often talk about. But there's a couple of resources we can direct you to in the meantime where you can we can learn a little bit more about it. First off, we're going to go back to the source, right? Becoming Your Own Banker, 5th edition, written in 2000 by, by Nelson Nash. Page 71 covers an even distribution of age classes. Okay, that's a great little um, – that's a you know, great couple pages to read in that book. Um, the next is a book that just came out last year and I've, um, I've done the audiobook several times. You can actually, 
audiobook it in about an hour and 15 minutes or so on 1.2 speed. And it's a great little book, great little story. Uh, it's called Family Banking with Purpose by Chris Bay. Okay, very good book. Um, IBC guy, uh, very smart. And um, that's a great little story to understand um, some of the, the background behind family banking and how a normal Amer all-American family or all-Canadian family could actually implement this, this idea of family banking, right? And for those of you who don't understand, family banking is kind of the idea of eventually, like IBC, cutting out, cutting out the bank. So, like, the goal is for my children never have to – they're going to come to me for financing, not the bank. By keeping it in-house, in it makes the whole family wealthier. And we'll, we'll get into that in an episode for sure and how the mechanics of that will work. The last thing I would say, um, Dave has an ebook out there. The link's going to be in the comments. Um, it's called Infinite Banking for Real Estate Investors. And that's a great little thing he put together. I think I helped proofread it once. Um, yeah, you did. And it, it's a short read. It's like 15 minutes. That was my idea. Yep. Like keep it 15, a 15-minute 15 read. And, you know, sorry, there's not a lot of pictures. I didn't get to that point yet, but uh, we will put a link in the comments. Uh, Jack will throw that there and uh, dive into that, Larry, and hit us up with more questions after. And Dave, I would add, we should put a link into your little four minute and 10 second video of... Jack of did that for the last, yeah, last week's okay. episode. I would so. throw that one in again, too, just because okay. that that's kind of a holistic... It cover you know it could cover you know cover real estate it cover anything you want but it's a really holistic mechanical view of how it all kind of ties together you know kind of like home equity right right um, so I think that's a great video to just add in as well okay cool all right next question from Matt he says it must have been one of our earlier episodes yeah. when we were talking about how we met in Afghanistan first episode I think okay yeah Matt says yeah. yo I was in Afghanistan in 2013 too. Uh, how do you find a whole life insurance provider who understands IBC and can structure policies that support the strategy? So uh, it's Look, funny. Matt, Matt, watch this video right now. Watch this video. What, this That's one? It. That yeah, we're doing? this exact yeah. one. Yeah, there's two guys right here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And that's just it. You're not looking for a whole life insurance. When you say provider, I'm thinking company. You're not looking for a company. You're looking for a practitioner. Right. You want people. You, know, you got to look for the right person, the who, not how. Right. So who right. can um, who understands IBC and can help me implement this kind of policy? Um, that would be an IBC practitioner uh, like Paul and like myself. Um, and then we are. If, you, if you're working with an IBC practitioner, they're going to be working with a company that makes sense for doing IBC. Right. So. You know, what, which company you pick, there's a lot less, um, your, your policy has a lot less to do with the company than it does with you, the user of the policy, the owner of the policy and how you utilize it and how you utilize and treat it and how you treat it. Exactly. So yeah. don't get all wrapped up in which company. I had that question today from somebody I had a phone conversation with like, Hey, which company, where do I go for this? Bottom line is there's. Um, well, and I think we'll cover that on the next question too, but the way yep. we choose companies is they got to be a mutual life insurance company. There's two types of companies, stock and mutual. One reports to stockholders. So all the profits get paid out as dividends to stockholders. The other, a mutual company that we use, the, the dividends and the profits get paid out to policy owners like ourselves. 
we are first in line. So uh, it's got to be mutual. I recommend, you know, some people say 50 years of dividend history. I recommend 100 years just because there's several companies that have over 100 years of dividend history. So why not use those? Um, and, um, you know, what, it, what else would you recommend in addition to those two requirements? Yeah, I guess we'll this will we'll cover um, Derek's question. Um, I talked to Derek today briefly on the phone. Uh, he was a referral uh, from another client of mine, but you know he you know he's been watching some probably something else on YouTube, right? And he's like, oh, I got this idea. I've heard these couple of companies they pay the highest dividend and, right. and all this, and and I told him we'd get into it because you know there's certain. Companies calculate dividends in different ways, right? They're not all using the same arithmetic. So, honestly, the gross dividend, declared dividend number to me, frankly, means nothing. I just care that they declared a dividend and paid a dividend. Um, yeah. So that's that's a little nerdy back back office type stuff that probably is too much for this podcast. But um, what's more important, I would say, Dave, is a company that works well with IBC. And I would say dividends, the reason Derek is asking this question is because like most of us, we only come at this from one perspective, the perspective that we already knew and understand, which is stock companies paying out dividends. Yep. Oh, I, I've got a hundred shares and I got a dividend of $50 per share or whatever, right? right? That's how we think of it, which with a life insurance company, a mutual company, the, the dividend calculation is completely different. And yeah, that number, that one little number, 5.2% or 6.5%, like that's, that's looking at only one aspect of the entire performance. And it's, it's not the, the best indicator. Right. And it's also not the, the number that's credited to your specific policy. It's a right. gross dividend just declared rate. And frankly, like you said, it means there's, you're never really going to be able to calculate it um, as far as what it, anyway. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a squared plus B squared equals C squared, where A might be the dividend rate, but there's also B and there's also C. So yep. there, there's, there's multiple pieces to that equation. Yep. Mortality. There's mortality expense. There's how did the investment portfolio go for the company? There's, there's all these things that go into calculating the, the, the dividend. Um, so I think other criteria, you said old, you know, old mutual company. Um, I like companies that allow you the flexibility to pay your PUA premium not scheduled. Like it has to be on the anniversary of your policy or every month or whatever, where you can pay your base premium instead. And then as, as the months trickle by, you've got an extra cash. You can start to fill up that PUA rider that you, that you purchased and are paying for. Then you want, that you, you're paying for the contractual ability to pay that premium. Um, I like the company... Uh, and like the, you know what my favorite company is because it's probably your favorite company yep. too. But they allow you to do those things, so it works very. When I say works very well with IBC, that's one of the attributes that I'm talking about of a company. Some companies don't allow you to do that. They, it has to be on the anniversary date, or you, you're kind of in violation of the contract. Yeah, yeah. So flexibility. That's flexibility. A good yep. Yeah. Good. Um, First right. year policy loans. First year policy loans. Yeah. Yeah, you're Some right. Don't allow you to do that. Right. You might want to know that before you start a policy there expecting to have access to some liquidity. Yep. I don't year. like that. Right. Yeah. All right. So Caroline, is it Caroline or Caroline? Caroline. Caroline asks, and then I think this question came to you, Paul. How does the dividend work with IBC? How does the dividend make me money? 
I'm a little confused about that. It's a good question. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm going to answer this one. Oh, I thought you would take it. Oh, I was asking you. Oh, okay. So, okay, how does it different? We kind of covered it earlier in this episode, but with IBC, we are going to take the dividend on your policy anniversary, and it's automatically going to be used to purchase paid-up additions, right? Which is just more insurance that's paid for right then and there. There's no additional premium outlay required, right? Like you have to pay your base premium every year, right? This is just a premium that gets paid for you and it adds value to the policy in a couple of ways, one of which it increases your cash value, right? Which makes your policy bigger. It adds to the death benefit, which makes your policy bigger in that sense, which next year when there's a dividend, this is that compounding effect that that we're talking about. It's going to, you know, your policy value is bigger for that second year. So now the dividend is going to be bigger and so on and so forth as you pay your premium. So that's how kind of the dividend works with IBC. And we kind of, we kind of covered the other uses of the dividend as well. Uh, but you wouldn't do that. You want to do it to use, uh, to buy PUAs. Um, and I think I kind of covered the second part, like how does the dividend make, make you money? So it, it's basically, it's helping you increase the capital base of your policy and adding to the death benefit. Right, so there's that future cash flow, which is the death benefit. So when, when we all graduate, there's going to be that, someone is going to receive that cash flow, that future cash flow. And then it's also adding to the now, it's adding to my cash value that I can, you know, that I can leverage, right? And use today as the living benefit. Um, if you're still confused about that, fear not, we will talk about it. Yeah, and this is also one of the reasons why every year you look at your statement, you see that your death benefit has grown. Because if you've elected to take those dividends and use those dividends to purchase more paid up additions, your death benefit's gonna continue to grow. So it's just one of those, one of those factor, things that factor into that. Um, which is another question I got today in the conversation, like, hey, if I get you know, a $500,000 policy, can I just pay that off? Um, at some point and just, you know, I have 500,000 of death benefit. And I say, well, it's actually going to be more than that because every year it's going to go up if right. you structure the policy correctly and you pay your premiums. Yep. So your face amount goes up every year. You'll have your initial face amount and then, yep, just keeps going up. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to watch too. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even have to apply for more life insurance. You don't have to be insurable. So, they're not going to say, well, hey, you know, you're not insurable anymore, so we're going to stop doing this for you. Yep. How much is that worth? Right. Yeah. So that's a, a way to get a, uh, you know, more or less, uh, well, it's a way to continue getting increased death benefit throughout your life without having to go back through underwriting. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, that was it from the YouTube question. So keep them coming in and, you know, I guess you can ask questions through email or if you listen to the podcast, something comes to mind, just jump on YouTube, throw it in the comments. I kind of like that because like with that YouTube video I have that has you know, 350 comments or, or more, there's, there's a history there and people can go in and really dive through it and explore and, and see that, you know, the problem is it's only coming from one person. The answers are coming from me, right? Just my perspective. So we're probably missing out by not having other practitioners commenting on there. Occasionally, we'll get somebody else to comment on there and answer somebody's question or misunderstanding. Um, but you know, get, keep typing those questions in because we love answering them. And, and honestly, some of these make us do our own research. 
like, well, let's, we, I think we need to research that a little bit more so we can give a really clear answer. Yeah. You know, and chances are someone else has the same question anyway, uh, which is great. Great idea putting it in the comments too, because it's there forever. Um, so yeah. And, and, and really folks, I had this conversation today. You know, she's like, well, I'm only highlighting in the book the things that are super simple. I go, embrace the simplicity. The, 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 the part of the book that you highlighted, is, and it was you finance everything you buy, right? Dressing the opportunity cost of your own money. That's, that's the essence of this, right? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the, that's really, the first principle Nelson wrote in that book was you finance everything you buy. That's what this whole idea is, is, is based yeah, on. Yeah, if you can't understand that, then the rest of it won't make any sense. That's right. And it, it just doesn't. Yep. Principle one. So good. I mean, I told her good on you. That's one of the most important aspects of what Nelson was trying to get at. So, yeah. Yep. If all you grasp was the, the simple concepts throughout the book, that's all. That's really all you need. You don't need to know the inner workings of a policy. And some people put the cart before the horse, like trying to find out how does this thing work before they understand why would I want to do this in the first place? Like, what that's are the right. principles that guide this? Like, you know, I think we're all guided by principles in life um, as a nation, um, as, you know, different groups you're a part of. You're guided by principles more than anything. And then you dive into the details. So just follow that same that same kind of line when it comes to this. Mind if I uh, read my response to her? Go for it. She wrote, um, it's the dividend and where and how I make money that's getting me confused. And I wrote... You don't need to understand the how necessarily right now, although we want you to. Focusing on the why is the most important thing. Boom. We think too much alike. It's like oh, I goodness. responded to her. Crazy. Yeah. Now, so it's good Good on you, Caroline, and, and, and keep it up. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep the questions rolling in. We're happy to answer them. And we will catch you all next week. Yeah, with new air conditioning. Thank goodness. Yeah, good. And uh, maybe your hair will have grown out by then. It grow, you can actually hear it You can growing. see the scalp, man. Yeah, but that's not because I'm going bald. Look how thick that is. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, that thick Italian hair good, you get. Good hair. I think that's from the French side, actually. Yeah, I think you need to shave before we record next week. It looks like you haven't shaved in three days already. I, I shaved this morning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear that growing, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, we'll see you later. Talk to you. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.